This is Father Robert Barron. Friends, I invite you to reflect with me on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Word on Fire Catholic Ministries is a non-for-profit apostolate dedicated to the mission of evangelization. We utilize media, both old and new, to share the faith on every continent and to facilitate an encounter with Christ and His Church. Through our efforts, we hope to take the gospel out into the peripheries of the culture, where the transformative power of God's Word is most needed. Let us open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each one of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might share the warmth and light of Jesus Christ, who is the Word on Fire. The global benefactors of Word on Fire, with the support of the Archdiocese of Chicago, now present Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, we begin today the Advent season, the new year. The new church year has commenced. Advent, the time of waiting and watching for the coming of the Messiah. You want to know the single biggest challenge of this season? Really to feel our need for a Savior. Let me say that again. Biggest challenge of the Advent season is to feel our need for a Savior. As I've said many times before, we tend to domesticate Christ, reducing him to the level of a guru, a teacher, a spiritual guide, a wise philosopher. If that's all he is, the heck with him. We do violence to the gospel when we present him that way because the gospel presents him as a savior. Jesus is someone who has rescued us has saved us, who has done something that we could never, even in principle, do for ourselves. Therefore, until we truly feel what it means to be lost and helpless, we will not appreciate who Jesus is and what he means. You know what's helpful to reflect on here is the meaning of the word redemption. Redemere means to buy back in Latin. So it's a term that is used to describe the process of getting a kidnapped person back. Someone's been held for ransom. Now their family has paid the ransom, and so he's been redeemed. If you're kidnapped, you're held captive, there's not much you can do but wait for someone to save you. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel. Let the meaning of that single line from the most famous Advent hymn sink into your heart. Only then will you really get the meaning of this season. It's as though we're prisoners. We can't save ourselves. We wait and we watch. Now, I realize that in a thousand ways, our culture militates against Christianity precisely at this point. For it steadily teaches the ideology of self-esteem and self-assertion. From my era when I was a kid, I'm okay and you're okay. More contemporary referent, I'm beautiful in every single way and your words can't bring me down. How often on the lips of especially young people today can you hear, who are you to tell me how to behave? Who are you to tell me what to think? 
or even from the most recent presidential campaign? Yes, we can. So the culture in a million ways is teaching us, yeah, I can do it. I'm capable. I should assert myself. Who are you to tell me I can't do something? But this sort of thing, whatever value it might have politically or psychologically, is simply inimical to biblical Christianity. The biblical view is this, that through the abuse of our freedom, we have gotten ourselves into an impossible bind. Sin has compromised us in such a fundamental way that we become, spiritually speaking, dysfunctional. We're made for love and connection, justice, nonviolence. But at every turn and in every way, we're twisted in the direction of hatred, separation, injustice, and violence. We are, as St. Augustine put it, wandering in the land of dissimilitude. It's a beautiful kind of haunting phrase. We're meant to, we're made in the image and likeness of God, the similitudo. But we're wandering in the land of dissimilitude, of unlikeness unto God. Or to use another Augustinian phrase, we're all in the grip of the libido dominandi, the lust to dominate. It's a sign for him of the fall. To bring Augustine up to date, think of the contemporary philosopher René Girard, who's reminded us that all of our social arrangements, not some, not most, all, are marked by scapegoating and oppressive violence. Now, if you doubt any of this, I'd recommend a careful viewing of the news any night of the week. Just pessimism? No, no, it's not pessimism. It's a deep spiritual realism. You know, we can make progress in politics and education and science and culture, as indeed we have. We can accomplish wonderful things in those areas. We can improve the lives of many. But through it all, under it all, we can't shake the effects of sin. We can't solve our problem through an act of the will, for the very perversion of the will is our problem. Does that make sense? I think that's the hinge of it. See, if the will is fundamentally twisted, compromised, no act of the will is going to get me out of my problem. See, there it's a bit like someone who's stuck in quicksand. The, the more you struggle to get out of it, the worse you make it. The more you'll sink into it. Or someone who's tied up, they're, they're chained, and, and the more you, you pull on the, on the ropes, the tighter you make it. Listen now, in light of what I've been saying, to the language of the prophet Isaiah from our first reading. We might call this the keynote address for the Advent season. Here's Isaiah. Behold, O Lord, you are angry and we are sinful. John Henry Newman said that natural religion always wears its dark face outward. It's an interesting observation. What he means is that Primordial religious experience 
tends to be this sense of the anger of God. Now, why? Because, well, we're sinners. We know it. And so when God comes close to us, we experience God as angry with us. As I've said a million times with you, don't emotionalize that language as though God is really falling into a snit. It's the way we conceptualize or express this feeling of alienation from God. Well, that's Isaiah. Behold, you are angry and we are sinful. How about this now as the prophet goes on? All of us have become like unclean people. All our good deeds are like polluted rags. We have all withered like leaves, and our guilt carries us away like the wind. Wonderful phrases, aren't they? Like unclean people. There's a there's a dirtiness that we sense that we can't clean ourselves. Notice in the second one, it's very interesting to me. Isaiah refers indeed to good deeds. He doesn't deny that we can do good things, but he insists that even these good deeds are like polluted rags, which is to say, tainted by our fundamental dysfunction. Now, what can help us grasp this or, or, or feel it, move into it? I believe that our language of addiction and family dysfunction can help us to understand this deep spiritual truth. When someone finds himself in the grip of an addiction, he is out of control. The word addiction from adichere means voiceless voiceless. I'm not in control anymore. Talk to anyone who's been addicted to alcohol or to pornography or to drugs or to shopping, I mean, any kind of addiction. There's nothing he or she can do to lift himself, to lift herself out of the problem. In fact, you tend to make it worse, don't you, when you try. And that's why in the 12-step programs, a person having hit bottom must turn his life over to a higher power. It's very important. He has to surrender to a force beyond his own will. Why? Because his will is the problem. I'm going to solve my drinking problem. Well, no, you won't, because your your will is so tainted by it. And so a further assertion of your will is not going to solve the problem. This surrender in the 12-step process carries over into a commitment to a group, to a sponsor, etc. And this process is usually prompted by some sort of intervention whereby a group of friends or colleagues breaks through the person's defenses, convinces him that he needs help. See, all that language, I think, is applicable to the spiritual realm. We need help. We can't do it ourselves. We're stuck. Furthermore, we know how addictions and other dysfunctions can affect an entire family system. There's a group called Adult Children of Alcoholics because we know that people are permanently and deeply affected by the dysfunction of a key family member. A child growing up in a family marked by physical abuse or sexual abuse or substance abuse is permanently marked by the experience. 
Such a family needs not more exertion of their own will, but an outside intervention in order to cure it. No one from within the dysfunctional group can solve the dysfunction. So, you see where I'm going. The human race, I think, on biblical terms, is best characterized as a kind of dysfunctional spiritual family. All those having been marked from birth by the effects of sin. Sin has found its way into every aspect of human life, personally, societally, institutionally. We would be, it seems to me, hopelessly naive to think otherwise. And therefore, this poor dysfunctional family needs not just a philosopher, not just a social theorist, not just a political activist or military hero. Why? Because they're in the dysfunctional family. What we need is a savior, someone who can break into our dysfunction from the outside and heal us. You see now why it matters so much that we say Jesus Christ is truly human. That means he can enter into our situation, but truly divine because in a very real sense, he's from outside of the dysfunction. Now, in light of all this, and I'll close with this, look at the beautiful image with which the Isaiah reading ends. O Lord, you are the Father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We are all the work of your hands. Friends, what we need is the intervention of a loving God who will shape us anew. We can't do it ourselves. We need a Savior. When you feel that in your bones, you're ready for Advent. And God bless you. Thank you for listening to The Word on Fire. I hope that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor. Until we meet again next week, I pray that God will bless you and those you love. Friends, I'd like to invite you to visit my free YouTube channel and join over 40,000 subscribers. Each week I post video commentaries on topics ranging from Catholic teaching, to world news, to pop culture. Subscribe free and you'll receive my newest videos straight to your inbox. Just visit youtube.com slash wordonfirevideo.